0: Welcome, welcome to episode three of the Persources podcast, The Bean Town Breakdown. My name is Matt. I'm here with Dan, aka Coach Persources, and we are here with special guest of the week, everyone's favorite football analyst, Mike Persources. Mike, how are you doing? I'm
1: great, Matt. How are you?
0: I'm doing fantastic, Dan. Is also in the building, as I said. He also goes by coach for sources. Dan, what's up? I'm on top of the world right now. Oh, it's a good time to be a Boston Red Sox fan, a New England Patriots fan, and even a Boston Celtics fan. Because the Celtics are out here securing bags from their superstar players. Kyrie Irving dropping all these quotes about how Celtics are here to last. The Patriots picked up Josh Gordon, and then the Patriots, and then the Red Sox have clinched the division. What else could you possibly want?
2: Some New York losses, which also happened.
0: Some New York losses. It has come to our attention in the last couple of weeks that there are several, and they know who they are, for sources, members, who, you know, associate themselves with New York sports teams for better or for worse. Zeke, Matt, and, um, for whatever reason, they seem to think that New York is, is a superior sports city and, and that any of the New York sports teams are better than the New England sports teams. And I think it's just it's just a sad time for, for those, you know, good old New York guys.
1: It's like people like Zeke who, who want to include Buffalo into New York and they still don't have uh, the championships to match up with us. I think it's hilarious.
0: Look. I'm pretty sure, and I'm no geography expert, but isn't Buffalo like part of Canada? Isn't it? Is is, is
1: it in Canada? I think I think so. It's like 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 Alberta. I think so.
0: so it's somewhere up there, Montreal. All these Buffalo. fake places
2: you guys are listing off.
0: Yeah, I mean, I never met anyone from from Buffalo, so I don't know if it nope. really
2: exists. It's a
0: conspiracy.
1: And two of their teams don't even play in New York.
0: That's true. And they play in the same stadium. How terrible is that? Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Just so terrible. As we go through the standard New England news of the past week, we will also touch on whatever New York is up to in that current sport and their shortcomings. First on the list, because it's first in my mind. You guys want to talk about the Patriots? Let's do it. get it. All right, Mike, you're the guest on the show today, so I was wondering, what did you see against the Jaguars? Well, what are you, what are you? what was your thought process watching that
1: game? I had a lot of thoughts. I thought uh the offense couldn't get going early. Um I think they kind of started to rely on Sony Michel and he he's just getting his feet wet, so it's not really fair to him to uh start like Making him be the one to carry the offense uh, as far as getting the running game going, and that sets up the passing game. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, the secondary, other than Stephon Gilmore, did not play well at all. You're giving Whoa, up, whoa, whoa, whoa! You're giving up a place to Keelan Cole. Come on. I know Bro you... trash.
2: Yes, he is. 100%.
1: I was just going to jump
0: in, and I was going to say that I know you're not talking about eighteen time. NFL Defensive Player of the Year, Eric Rowe.
1: Eric Rowe, who was a second-rounder who was traded for, for what, a, a bag of footballs?
2: And needles to keep them inflated.
1: Just honestly, he, he was giving up, like, Keelan Cole. Can we get that through everybody's head? Keelan Cole was undrafted from, like, West St. Alabama College of Fine Arts or something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, why are we giving up it's a liberal school. To him?
0: It doesn't even have a football program. <laughs> he just like, played he just played flag there.
1: Like, I went into this game, so, so the, my thought process of the Jaguars coming into the season was I thought they were going to kind of fall a little bit back down to earth because they lost, obviously they didn't have Allen Robinson all of last season, yeah. um, but then they lost Allen Hearns and then Marquise Lee goes down. Um and then you're left with guys like Keelan Cole, D. D. Westbrook who didn't really show much. Um and what the Patriots did was they got no pressure on the quarterback and that compounded with the fact that the secondary just gave up ball after ball after ball. Stefan Gilmore's one touchdown that he allowed. He was in a good position. That that that's a play that you you allow. Like good cornerbacks still allow touchdowns. It it happens. But Aaron we- Roke can like obviously continuously letting Keelan Cole beat him is is not acceptable.
0: I know that that Stephen Gilmore has been like an up-and-down kind of guy. He's been loved. He's been hated. I think about him last year versus the Jaguars. I love him. When I think of him in every other game. Not so much. But are we getting to the point where we can start to appreciate Stephen Gilmore for what he brings to the Patriots, or is it still... You still on the anti-Gilmore uh, free trade.
1: I think, personally, um, I was always a big fan of, of Malcolm Butler. And I feel like the way that they went about it, uh, paying Stefan Gilmore, who at the, the time that they signed him in free agency, I didn't think he was anything special coming out of Buffalo. And then they give him well, this he massive is from contract. Buffalo, so. Exactly. No, nothing special happens in Buffalo. And he gives him this massive contract, and like Mal- Malcolm Butler sitting there on the sideline. He, under- he he now sees that he's getting undervalued, which I get it. He came in the league undrafted as well. Um, he has to earn his keep to get up to that money, but I, I feel like when I, he came in, I wasn't as impressed, but as – the years have gone on this this year and now uh two games have gone on I've been really impressed with what he's done especially turning it around from pretty much the Tampa Bay game last year till now I think he's he's looked pretty solid
0: yeah that's fair uh I really can't argue with that but another thing that needs to be noted is that and even the announcers were saying it Blake Bortles played the best game of his entire life. That man is, what, 25, 24? How old is he? 24 years
1: old? Uh is he he's older? Gotta, he's got to be like 25, 26. Yeah, I think 20, he's 25, 26. 25,
0: 26. That man has lived for almost 30 years and has never thrown a football as well as he did in that game.
1: Well, I think uh, one of the underlying storylines coming into this season has been that uh, the Jaguars came out and Blake came out actually as well uh, before the season and said that he had been suffering and dealing with an injury the last two seasons and he finally got that fix and now he's healthy again. So is, is that really what, what healthy Blake Bortles looks like? Is he actually finally deserving of that third overall pick? Um, ever since he's came into the league and I look at Jacksonville and
0: I, I look at whoever they're playing, I always will want to pick them. But then I th- I go hold on a second. We're talking about Blake Bortles here. And then I can I never have the confidence to pick him, but I think that he has finally finally, sorry, established himself as a guy who can lead an F- NFL team. I mean, sure he's going to get carried by that in- incredible defense, but you know, it's That's not crazy. easy it's not easy winning games with I don't even I don't, I don't even think I could name three Jacksonville
1: like slot receivers. I don't. I don't think I could either. But it, the whole thing is, is, what what really impressed me about the way that the Jaguars won that game is, you go in there without Leonard Fournette, and what the Patriots basically say is, now you have to make Blake Bortles beat us, and and he went out and did that. So I think that's credit to both Bortles and Doug Marone for. For coming up with some type of good game plan to uh, to really attack this team, and I think part of that also falls on Bill and and, and B Flow for for not allowing, not bringing enough pressure on Bortles.
0: Yeah, Dan, uh, what do you what do you think about the uh, the pass rush in that game? Did you think that the, did you notice anything out of the ordinary? Something that. You know, because it almost looked atypical to me in terms of what the what I'm accustomed to the Patriots' standard defense looking like.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously the uh, Trey Flowers concussion in the first half hurts, but even before then they weren't getting a ton of pressure on him, which is a problem. Right. Blake Bortles and any quarterback in the world, if you give them time and you give them their composure, they're going to be able to make throws on you. Um, you got to knock him down like the Jaguars were doing to Brady. you got to knock him down often and early. And they just weren't doing it.
1: Especially when you're going to run uh, a type of man where you're not putting a spy on the quarterback, allowing Bortles. Because he ran for, I think, converted third downs like three or four times just oh by my running. God. And it was right. killing me every time. It was
0: killing me. I hate watching that more than anything in football
2: watching the quarterback just stroll for 10 yards and then dive. Which I think says something about um, the defense needing to adapt to that, and maybe that's part of uh, the mindset that Bill needs to adapt to, is that it's a faster-moving game with mobile quarterbacks now. You're not going to have everybody being Brady or Big Ben, just kind of chilling in the pocket. There's guys of of, legit get get outside of the pocket and take off and – you got to adapt to that, and you've seen that in the regular season against Carolina a couple of times. Yeah.
0: Speaking of, of defensive mindsets, and I know I've touched on this in the past, but this is really a question for both of you. The Ben don't break defensive mindset, which has really been my only like solace in the Patriots defense in previous years, is that idea, is it dead? Has it, has it, has it? outlived its its use and and if it is dead when when did that happen when did that no longer become something that we could rely on and you know be proud of as patriot fans
2: i mean definitely is a more recent development where you look at the game's speeding up, and your linebackers are basically jacked up safeties. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, the brewski Brabel, McGinnis, Ben, don't break, it's because you were going to have those stands where your power came through big guys in the front seven. Um, so I think with the game getting faster and faster, that's a lot harder to do the Ben, don't break.
1: Definitely, and then like on top of that, like you've seen this trend over the last, I don't know, ten, fifteen years in the NFL, even closer till now, where once you get in the red zone, it's it's no longer just running the ball. It's so often, so often now is is pass first in the red zone, and you used to be able to, like Dan said, go go out there with with a will fork with with uh, McGinnis, with guys like Landon Roberts is a perfect example. Like That's a guy who played, who fit well into a Belichick system like 10, 15 years ago. And today, where he only does one thing, and that's hit the hole, many times it's the wrong hole. And that's the only thing that he can do. And that's something that's allowed guys like Kyle Van Noy, Marquise Flowers last year to kind of find a little bit of a niche on this team. Because they can do a little bit more cover cover in the past, drop into a zone, spy the quarterback, do something, um, and I think that allows defenses to do a little bit more, and that's kind of changed uh, how, how that mindset has taken place.
0: Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, other, in other Patriots news, Josh Gordon. We got to we got to touch on that. Uh what were your initial thoughts and now that it's been a couple of days, how are you feeling about the Josh Gordon situation now?
1: Oh, Dan take it. All uh, right, Dan, um, take
2: it. I mean, talent-wise, he's the only guy on the market that I wanted outside it, of Dez.
1: It's he Randy Moss 2.0. He's
2: is- <laughs> He is. He is Randy Moss 2.0. That's <laughs> especially for you, Matt number two.
0: Matt Matt 2.0, if you are listening to this podcast, Josh Randy Gordon Moss 2. is indeed 2.0. Randy Moss has returned to New
2: England. Yep. And I mean, a lot of analysts are saying that people are confusing low cost with low risk but it's still low risk to me because before that you really didn't have anyone anyways, so either you're not going to play him, he's going to get suspended again, or he's going to clean his act up because he's part of a winning culture, want to play football, and at the very least take a defender off a Gronk or Edelman or somebody.
0: Right. I think that he's going to be... A valuable deep threat going forward. I don't think that he's going to live up to the expectations that is, are currently being set as, as some sort of like staple of the offense type guy. I see him more as a Tyreek Hill kind of offensive player, but not in terms of special teams, just in terms of, of breakout weeks and quiet weeks. And players like that can be incredibly dangerous especially when you're trying to figure out how to match up against them.
1: I feel like my original thought of Josh Gordon coming was the, the typical, you know, like Patriots, Patriots fan like reaction, like, let's go, this guy's going to come in, he's going to dominate just like we do every year, same thing over and over. Um, and then, like I've been listening to a lot of Boston sports radio as I typically do, oh, yeah. and uh, that that usually doesn't end up well. Um, but they they've been saying what similar to what Dan was saying, where people are people don't understand that this is still a risk, and I'm a hundred percent on with Dan. Like the risk that they're talking about is that oh, when you need him most, he's not going to be there because he's going to be suspended or something along those lines. But at the same time, who are you going to be throwing to? You're going to be throwing to guys like Riley McCarron. You're going to be throwing to guys like Corey Coleman. Um, oh my the, God, don't get me
0: started on Corey Coleman.
1: You you have nobodies in that locker room, and that's what Brady said today when he was asked uh, what they what he thought of Josh Gordon, and he said he looks like an NFL wide receiver, which I took as direct shots at Riley McCarron. So really, I, you you think that Brady would? Go out of his way to say something like that? I think he's a little pissed
0: off. <laughs> that Bill Belichick's basically <laughs> giving him Walmart cashiers to try and
1: win a Super Bowl with. Right. He's going out there with <laughs> Martin Two as his number one wide receiver. <laughs>
2: Oh boy!
1: That's just not how you win championships. And uh, like, if you look at the two most prominent years where Brady's had trash to throw to, 2006 and 2013, when they're throwing deep balls to Matthew Slater in an AFC Championship game, (laughs) like that's not that's not how you win. That's not how you, you. Brady can only bring you so far. Yes, he's the greatest of all time, but you need to put something around him. And and Josh Gordon is that. Josh Gordon could come in here. He could be a 1,100 yard guy with with 10 touchdowns.
0: He's better than Edelman. Or, in or terms he could of skill.
1: Or he could. I, I 100% agree with that. Or he could come in here and fizzle out just like Ocho Cinco did. Or he could come in here and the Patriots adapt to him and let him run the routes that he's comfortable with. Because you've seen that work with guys throwing him the ball like Brian Hoyer, who is my... I'm a big Brian Hoyer guy, but nobody else in the world is. Like,
0: it's, It might just be you and Eli. I think Eli's a
1: big Brian Hoyer guy, too. I think it's just us. There's like, I have an autographed picture of him right next to me on the ground. Like, I'm, I'm a big Brian Hoyer guy, but he's not the talent level of Brady. Manziel's not the talent level of Brady. I don't even remember who was quarterback back then. It was probably McCown. It was probably RG3. I don't even remember who the quarterback about, was. The, yeah. The last time they played. Sean Hill, maybe. I, I have no idea.
0: It was Sean Hill.
1: Just a bunch of nobodies, like over and over. So Josh Gordon's never had the talent that he has now with Brady. And, and the
0: coaching. Don't forget about the coaching. Right,
1: and the coaching especially. Because if you look at how bad Hugh Jackson is, he's terrible. <laughs> Hugh, Hugh Jackson. Hugh, Jackson. Hugh Jackson's he... terrible. He won't make it through this year. This is his last year in the Cleveland Browns market right now. He's gone. Two he, might 30, be two than,
2: and
0: one. he might be worse than Mike Tomlin.
1: Because I don't care if you if you win your first game in, what was it, 600 days or whatever. Yeah, something stupid. I didn't what even
0: it, deserve to win that game. <sighs>
1: it comes down to is that nobody respects him. Corey Coleman can just walk into the office and say whatever he wants to him. Like, what is that? Right. That would That would never happen in a winning culture. And and Todd Haley or Greg Williams, one of those two crazy people, are going to take over the Cleveland Browns, and and Josh Gordon will be here, in a in a culture that that will help him succeed and help turn his career around.
2: One hundred percent agree with that.
0: Yeah, I think his. I think I could see him actually. And, and all jokes aside, because I know that in the last couple days. We've been we've been jokingly calling him Randy Moss 2.0, but I could see that sort of event happening. But again, as Mike said, I could also see an o- Ocho Cinco type scenario where he he he's prominent for a bit because there were flashes of Ocho Cinco being you know crazy good, but there was also you know a good period of time where you're kind of rolling your eyes at the guy.
1: Yeah, it's 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 really has so many possibilities for for outcomes for Josh Gordon that I don't don't want to get my hopes too far up, but I also at the same time realize that he is 100% better than him with no knowledge of the system coming in is better than Ravi McCarron, better than Kenny Britt that they're bringing off the trash heap, better than Jordan Matthews who they were reports that he was going to sign back before he went to the Eagles again, like better than all of those guys. You know what I can picture is this, these crossing routes that killed us this past week.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. All
1: I can picture is Josh Gordon doing, making a crossing route, running around the corner uh, with a seat, with a cornerback trailing him and him running like 60 yards to the end zone. That's all I can picture in my head over and over. Kind of well, like. That's
0: what I think of. That's what I think of when I think of Tyree kill. I think of those kind of uh, crossing route plays that he just takes for 70 yards to the house. And in terms of. Actual like stand up offense production, I think he's gonna be that kind of guy.
1: I can't wait, honestly. I think I need Sunday.
0: I can't wait for Sunday. It's gonna be a good day.
2: Good night, really.
0: Uh, well, I have you two here. I got I got Fitz Magic on my bench, but I got I also got Brady going up against the Lions. Who who do I start this week?
1: Who's Tampa Bay playing?
0: Uh, who is Tampa Bay playing? Hold on. They're playing... I want to say... Dan, help me out.
2: Yeah, I'm fine, it. The Steelers.
0: Steelers. Oh my god, the Steelers just gave up, like, seven passing touchdowns to a dude named Patrick. Like, come on.
1: Honestly, you probably couldn't go wrong with either... But uh, I think you kind of, kind of have to ride the the Fitz magic uh, train until it falls off.
0: Yeah, yeah, Fitz magic. All right, I'll let you guys know how that goes. Now that we've covered the New England half of things, can we just touch on the Jets and the Giants and maybe the NFL franchise that is the Buffalo Bills, real quick? Can uh. Can someone just sum up what's happened in the, in the last couple of weeks regarding those three wonderful franchises?
2: So, uh, After a stellar start to his career against Detroit, Sam Darnold cool. just looked like every other Jets rookie quarterback uh, and just lost to none other than the Cleveland Browns. So what else do you need to know about the Jets?
1: I, I would love to take the Bills here. Um, as a <laughs> big Bills supporter, as everybody knows, um, I think that they decided to go into a season with, once again, no offensive line replacing either Eric Wood or, uh, Richie Incognito. They replaced neither and, uh, decided to bring in Nathan Peterman, who, as everybody knew, throw, threw, through five interceptions in one half last season. Um, who That's- promptly got benched after one game. They, not even a full game. And then they brought in their rookie, Josh Allen, to then get, subsequently pummeled by uh, a defensive line in the Chargers as a front seven that's pretty solid even without Joey Bosa. So they've, they've done absolutely nothing to, to improve, and they've uh, pretty much solidified in my mind that they are headed for uh, the first overall pick.
0: I don't hate the Bills.
1: I hate the Bills more than anything in the entire <laughs> world ever. I know, the,
0: I know that for some reason you hate the Bills – but this is what I think that you don't understand. We are Patriot fans. We aren't concerned with the Bills.
1: Can I explain my Bills hatred real quick? Yes. Does that have to do with the Mafia? It, it has really nothing to do with Bills Mafia. It has to do with, like, every Bills fan, which I don't know where I find them, but somehow they <laughs> find me. Um, every Bills fan that I've ever dealt with has just this irrational confidence about their team when in reality that team has done absolutely nothing for 20 years and then they all reference i had the same the same argument the other day in in my ig comments with some kid who's a bills fan who i said that i put up that picture of the, uh, the guy baptizing the kid by breaking a table and bill's mafia style he said that was uh child abuse and i said yes raising him a bills fan is child abuse Anyway, he got really mad. I saw that. And then he goes, oh, we had four Super Bowl appearances. And I said appearances. Like, that's the part that you guys don't get. Like, that doesn't mean anything.
0: That means nothing. Do you think we're out here bragging that we made it to the Super Bowl against the Eagles? No.
1: I mean, how many straight AFC championships do we have to go to? Like, that doesn't... We don't we don't talk about that.
0: We do not talk about that.
1: Like, how many times can, can Jim Kelly... Not I don't I don't want to put it on Jim Kelly because he didn't blow it. How many times can that that team blow it and then now that they want to celebrate this this first Super uh, playoff appearance in in twenty years <laughs> and they get bounced in the first round? Like, who do you guys think you are? Like, where is the confidence coming from?
2: It's a very valid it's, question. It's, C-
1: it's CTE
0: from all of the tables that they break. It, it, it that must- that could be it. Can I take the Giants? Go for it. The New York Giants coming out with the second overall pick, taking none other than Saquon Barkley. Now, the only thing that is actually bigger than the size of Saquon Barkley's quads is the number of times that CBS announcers will talk about Saquon Barkley's quads. I (laughs) swear to God, if I turn on my TV one more time and have to hear about another grown man's thighs, I am going to start protesting the NFL.
1: I mean, to be honest, they're
0: huge. They're size of tree trunks. They're enormous. But that's besides the point. One man's quadriceps are not going to change the fact that the Giants are in the dead bottom of the barrel in their division after losing to the Jaguars and the Cowboys. And it isn't going to get any easier. They play the Texans, the Saints, the Panthers, the Eagles, and then the Falcons. So there is a genuine chance that the Giants start off this season 0-6, 0-7.
1: How many weeks until OBJ starts complaining? Wait, you're telling me he's not complaining yet? I'm, I mean, I'm. St- I think he's still like dreaming about all this money he just cashed in. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm I think more worried gets, about. I think after he gets locked up by uh, the Saints defense, which is supposed to be good, but I don't know if that's actually true. They haven't shown I think up that, yet. Yeah, they, I don't know where they went. I think, I think the Hurricane took him, but oh, oh. 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 Sorry, I I, I started to say to defense two weeks in a row and they've just burned me. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a little salty.
2: <laughs> a little. A little bit.
0: How do you give up 18 points to the Browns?
2: I'm just more concerned about um, the amount of brain cells Eli loses every snap.
0: <laughs> every but single time that the ball he did, he did not
2: look good last weekend. Like he looked half dead.
1: Uh, and the biggest problem is there like a, similar to what is happening in Buffalo is that they they tried to fix the offensive line they tried to bring in Nate Solder but if you asked any New England Patriots fan if Nate Solder was a great offensive tackle everybody would have said no no <laughs> and you made him the highest paid offensive tackle of all time Did, and then you then he you also you relevant dudes
0: you make it an irrelevant dude to the most high paid players in NFL history? like Aaron Donald, I understand that he's, he's, he's fantastic and the Rams are fantastic, but I, I, even though I understand that it's just the market continuing to skyrocket, it, 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 I, I feel like it doesn't do justice to great you know defensive players who came before him. Like, oh. for, um, you know, that applies to basketball, too. Like, what was the example that the WNB... Harrison Barnes makes more money than, like, 95%. Like, th- he makes more money than every single player during the
1: 60s made, like, combined. Yeah, I mean, money is just stupid these days. And it's just... And it's, it's outrageous. Like, the fact that the Rams gave Todd Gurley that contract, basically doubling... The next, the salary of the the second highest paid uh, running back in Jared McKinnon, that's outrageous. It made no sense for them to do that, and that's going to skyrocket the price of everybody. Now, now eventually, when you see Le'Veon eventually get a contract, Zeke, David Johnson, when you see those guys get full contracts, it's going to be insane. I just want to know, like,
0: what is your honest opinion? And Dan, you can answer this one too. When is it going to end? When is there this going to. When are they just going to put a cap on it before these guys start making, like,
1: hundreds and hundreds of millions? I don't know well, if it ends, but the, the closest thing that'll happen is during the next time the CBA is over, uh, the players are going to try to get guaranteed contracts, and that's when it will go down.
2: Yeah, guaranteed contracts will bring the value down, for sure.
1: Because you, you won't see all these guys getting. Five-year, $150 million contracts with, like, 90 guaranteed. those will just see five-year, 90 guaranteed, and it, and, and it won't look that crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk Red Sox? They just closed um, the division.
1: Pretty exciting.
2: Wait, um, I've not been home today. What happened today? Did they play today? They're playing right are now. currently playing. They're playing, um, well, the Paw Sox are playing right now. The Paw. <laughs> and the Paw Sox are beating the Cleveland Indians. So Kim,
0: are you guys like am I the only one who's not a fan of putting in like the junior varsity Red Sox team?
2: Um I mean, what are you gonna do if Mookie, uh JBJ, Ben and Tendi, um Ian Kinsler? And Eduardo Rodriguez all get hurt because that's who's in right now. That's what that team is right now, and we're gonna lose because Drew Pomeranz just came into the game.
0: Wait, you're telling me Drew Pomeranz is in the game? Yeah. And you're telling me they haven't already lost?
2: No, they just did because he's in the game.
0: Oh, I understand. Yep. Yeah, well, it looks like the Red Sox. Wait, what's the actual score of that game? Six, Six four. four. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that game is a lost cause. We're recording this at 10 o'clock on a Friday. This game is a lost cause. But let, let's talk about, not this game, let's talk about the last game. And, and this this Red sox Yankee series. Dan and Mike, what did you guys see? Uh, that...
2: Campaign showers is what I saw. Uh, well, yeah, I saw some other stuff before that, but...
1: <laughs> Mike? Um... A couple a couple thing, things that are, uh, I guess, on my mind. First of all, Yankee Stadium is absolutely ridiculous. I get that we're playing on the same field, but it's still insane. It still bothers me every time, and I don't know why. Second,
0: wait, before before you go to your next thing, let me just make one point. David Price cannot pitch in Yankee Stadium, and everyone makes it out to be a mental thing about how he's just, like, shook, and that may be true, and I, I think that there's some truth to that. But the fact is, is if you are a student of the game of baseball and you watch baseball and you watch David Price's go-to pitches, it's stuff that hangs on the outside corner and that's where he leaves it. He leaves it right there. And all a good righty hitter has to do is extend their arms and flick the wrist and it's like a t-ball swing. ball just goes right out, right out to right field, gone.
2: Yeah, that's what happens when you play in a t-ball park.
0: Right. If that game that David Price started... And the Red Sox got blown out in. If that was at uh, Fenway or pretty much any other stadium besides Coors or Yankee Stadium, David Price threw a two hit no uh, a two hit shutout game or two yeah something like that.
1: Like I don't want to I don't want to make excuses saying that it's like all in the stadium either. It's like this guy. Will continue to have that problem at Yankee Stadium. He will continue to have that problem, like on the big stage, until until we see otherwise. I will not feel any type of like. I won't feel good about David Price taking the mound in in this playoff run. Even though he went on a, an insane stretch where he was the best pitcher in baseball for the basically the second half of the season,
0: he didn't lose a game since June twelfth.
1: Right. And, and, the Red
0: Sox didn't lose a game that he started since June twelfth,
1: and, and I'll still be, and I'll still be shook when he steps on on the mound. And that's not just a David Price thing; that's that's a Chris Sale thing too.
0: I really don't trust a single pitcher on the. And I, I this is similar to what Jerry Kravis is always saying. I really don't trust a single pitcher on the Red Sox in the postseason. I guess any of them.
1: Well, the the here's your problem is that. Sale and Price have both struggled in the playoffs. Porcello has struggled as well. Porcello is a contact pitcher, and that doesn't always do well in the playoffs. Eduardo Rodriguez can't make it more than six innings, and he never has and never will. And then, then what are you left with after that? Like, your, your bullpen has been, been horrible. Your, your list of relievers to trust is basically Bobby Pointer, and that's it. <laughs> and, and, it's just... I don't feel good about this. Like they can win 105 games, they can win 100 and I don't even know what the highest possible number is anymore, like I, 110. They I could wish win 110 and I still feel I still feel like they could lose in the first round easy. I just wish that they didn't win so
0: many games. Cuz if we don't win the World Series this year, the season is a failure. A complete there's no way around that. That's that's the hard truth. I agree
2: I think if you make the World Series, it's not a total letdown, but yeah, it is, that's true. It is the city of Boston, so yeah, it's gonna be a letdown. Speaking
1: like well, not even like, not even like oh. the NL has like a, a a powerhouse that's gonna come in and, and kill everybody. Yeah, then,
0: I think if you make the World Series, you're winning it. Like, I think- like the,
1: the, the the Dodgers are like probably the best team in the NL right now. I, I mean, besides like the Brewers are trending, um, but like I don't really. Picture them as like the best team in baseball. Whereas I, mean, I do picture that with the Red Sox, I can picture that with Houston.
0: Kershaw sucks in
1: the playoffs.
0: I don't think Manning.
2: Peyton Manning of baseball.
0: He is the Peyton Manning of baseball.
2: Just without the steroids. And giant forehead. Yeah. And Papa John's. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, Kershaw's not great. Remember when Gassiel Puig was a
2: good baseball player?
1: Like two days ago, when he had like a walk off, I think. Uh, I forgot was,
2: his name for most of the season. So yeah, I'm, he he's like, a trendy he's a trendy baseball player.
1: I'm still a fan, bag and I'm still a fan for no reason. I have love for players like that for no reason, like Lawrence Maroney, forever in our hearts.
0: You know who I miss, guys? Guys, you know who I miss,
1: Manny Del Carmen.
0: Hanley Ramirez.
1: Oh, ho, oh, oh, ho, oh. ho. That <sighs> post made me so sad. Not like I've ever been sadder in my entire life. Is there,
0: like, a possible scenario where he can actually, like, come back to the Red Sox?
1: I mean, maybe after the year's over, but, but not this year. No, I understand not this year. <laughs> uh No, I mean, I don't really know what he's doing. Like, I don't know if he's just, like... Is he is he trying to play in the major leagues? He's 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 in a very strange situation right now. Yeah,
0: I cause... I feel so bad for him because I feel like his career has kind of been derailed by those those incredibly false reports about his quote unquote friend who you know said <laughs> who basically tried to use Hanley as a get out of free get in a jail free card. And I feel like that's the largest region reason that a the Red Sox let him go, and b no other team has really you know even considered signing him like I know he was on that one little cold streak, but it wasn't that significant to cut him or to get rid of him
1: I think they were just looking for an out of that contract, and they still like they obviously they still have to pay it, but if you think about it right now, like you've had pretty solid success with that Moreland-Pierce combo at first, and then with J.D. at DH, and then one of them filling in, kind of like that three-man rotation right there at DH. I don't really know who I'd take off the roster for Hanley. I mean, other than, like, Nunez, but I don't think they're going to ever take him off.
0: Yeah, for some reason that no uh, Red Sox fan will ever understand, the front office of the Boston Red Sox Loves Eduardo Nunez. Let's just do a quick poll real quick. Dan, do you love Eduardo Nunez? No. Mike, do you love Eduardo Nunez? Uh, That would be a no. I also do not love Eduardo Nunez. So, based on these advanced next-level Sabre metrics, I'm going to have to say that exactly 100% of Red Sox Nation does not love Eduardo Nunez. So, my question is why do the Red Sox still insist on making this player who might have the defensive capabilities of the junior varsity shortstop at a small school in the Dominican Republic? Why is he the third <laughs> baseman for the Boston Red Sox? Someone tell me. I just want to know.
1: I mean, uh, I, I think he's done once the playoffs come. Like, Please don't. I hope he doesn't had- make the roster. You kind of have to ride the hot hand, and Brock's done so well recently, and he gives you such utility at, at defensive positions that I think you kind of have to go with him over Nunez. And then, then I would also take like I would also take Brandon Phillips Andy, and Ian Kinsler over him. So yeah, I, I think he's the odd man out.
0: If it comes down to Phillips or Kinsler, who is going and who is staying?
1: I think Kinsler's staying.
0: I have to keep Kinsler. Yeah, yeah, can't argue with that. Does Drew Pomerantz make the playoff rotation? Hell no. Do I even need to ask that question?
2: I mean, he gave Pomer- up a run. So. Oh,
0: a, wait, he, he gave up a run? He gave up a run?
2: Yep. It's Two outs, five. he gave up a run. Oh,
0: was it a home run?
2: No, it's a double.
0: Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see the tweets about that one. Drew Pomerantz, least favorite MLB player?
1: Uh. I have a very strange hatred for Trey Mancini for no reason. I have nothing I have nothing to justify that other than the fact that he just doesn't look like he should be a baseball player and he is so.
0: Yep, so. fair enough. I think I hate Eduardo Nunez the way that Mike hates the Bills. That's
1: a very deep hatred.
0: I just I just wanna know why he exists. Why does Buffalo exist? Why does the Nunez exist? These are questions that are that are too complex to be answered by a single human mind.
2: This is what keeps you up at night. This is what keeps me up at night.
0: While we're on the topic of the Boston Red Sox and how awesome they are with the, same, with the exception of Nunez and Drew Pomerantz, can we talk about New, the state of New York baseball just for our good old New York friends?
2: Yep. Yeah, I mean, they're trending up from, like, the bottom of the barrel, so there's that. Ooh, the, the Mets? Yeah.
1: The uh, Rochester something. They're pretty decent. Oh. Uh, uh, right. The Americans,
2: I think. Who are Rochester Americans.
0: Right. right.
1: They're all pretty good.
0: They got that team in uh, Dutchess County, the Hudson Valley Renegades. Oh,
2: right. can't forget right. about the Renegades
0: the 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 uh the Tampa Bay um affiliate team, you know, they're pretty I solid.
1: The, I think the River Cats don't don't they play? <laughs> don't they play in New York too. Isn't there some
0: um some some semi pro teams up in Buffalo that that are pretty solid?
1: Yeah, uh, the, I think the Bison's play there. I mean, all good all good programs. Jacob DeGrom has the lowest DRA in baseball.
0: Solid. Dave, you know, the most impressive thing about DeGrom is that he's gone the entire 2018-19 season, and he hasn't strangled a single one of his teammates. Not even one. Like, not even a singular teammate.
2: He's got an yeah. iron yeah. will.
1: Yeah, that man is practically Gandhi. There, there should be no way that his record is as low as it is. It's actually, he should actually just be traded to another team, and they don't get compensation. Like MLB should enforce that. (laughs) You can't waste a uh, player's career like this. Yeah,
0: it's like having Mike Trout on the Angels for eternity.
2: You gotta, you gotta give DeGrom, but you also have to pay for most of his contract. That's the, (laughs) and you're not getting anyone back.
0: That's your punishment for giving him, like, a 2-11 win-loss record after having, like, a
2: 1.7 ERA. Yeah, and then there's this other guy that plays somewhere in New York. I don't know what team or, like, where in that giant cluster of a state. Uh, but he struck out over, like, 200 times already this season.
1: Oh, Mike Stanton? I heard about that. Yeah, that oh, guy. Mike Stanton, yeah. Just, wait, wait, wait. That. wait, wasn't that
0: the guy who was supposed to hit, like, 65 home runs this year? Wasn't he supposed to tear up with that, you know, wasn't he supposed to team up with that other guy in New York? His name's, like, Aaron Lawyer or something like that?
2: Yeah, like, Jury or something? I don't know what that guy yeah, is. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and how they were both supposed to be better than... J.D. Martinez. Yeah, right.
1: I mean, they they did also combine with that other guy who I think is uh, third in baseball for the worst batting average. Uh, that uh, what's his oh, name? What's his oh, name? that really
0: good catcher. Yeah, oh, the squid the guy
2: from um,
1: the, the guy Gary backyard baseball.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, the, the, oh. Pablo Sanchez.
1: Pablo Sanchez.
2: No, Pablo Sanchez is better than that oh. guy. My bad. That's
1: an insult. Yeah, the, I think it, I think his name is the Jerry. The Jerry. Yeah, I, I think that's him. But he has the third, third worst uh, average, which can't be right. But that actually doesn't make any sense to me. Wait, what, but for, I, I thought it was like... New
2: York somewhere, it doesn't sound right.
0: Wait, so did those guys play with the Hudson Valley Renegades?
1: I think they played with the Iron Pigs. I don't know where <laughs> they're out of. They played with Valley. the Durham
0: Bulls.
2: The Lehigh Valley <laughs> Iron Pigs, I think. I, they, I thought they played in, like, a softball league, like, slow pitch.
0: Slow pitch? Like, like one yeah. of those beer leagues on on Friday nights?
2: Yeah, and still somehow managed to make their way into the record book with piss-poor ERAs and 200-plus strikeouts.
0: Didn't that um, dude, like, uh, a raw just chapstick? Didn't he, like... Didn't he give up a home run to the, to that other guy on the Red Sox the other night? And he, he went four for five with six RBIs to clinch the division.
2: Oh, you referring weird. to the professional bowler, Marcus Lynn Betts.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that guy. Man of many talents.
1: They just took out a bowler out of the stands, and they just let him go out and hit, and he went four for five. That's like some Bill Belichick type thing. One of the more wild things I've ever seen. I think I think what it is is, I think bowling is to uh, to build to Dave Dombrowski what lacrosse is to Bill Belichick. I think, I, I think it's, it's pretty it. much the same. Or maybe what Rutgers is to Bill Belichick, right?
0: Bill Belichick just loves football players from Rutgers for almost no Specifically reason. Specifically, have-
2: defensive backs. Yeah. Like I mean, you
0: can you can go to Rutgers and you're pretty much on a scholarship to make the practice squad for the Patriots. If you if you play defensive back,
1: two of them have worked. I don't. Uh, I like think the rest of them have, but two of them.
0: Well, yeah, but there's been at least four or five
1: that have, have made the team. So we had two good ones. I mean, to be honest, Ron Harmon might be the best safety in the league.
2: As I say, we have like three Rutgers players right now.
0: <laughs>
2: um, both McCordy's and Harmon.
0: Oh, yeah, McCordy forgot about him, the other one.
2: Keep forgetting he's a Patriot. I don't know why. Because he shouldn't have been.
0: Yeah. Um, You want to talk about the Celtics quote real quick?
1: Let's do it. Yeah.
2: That that guy, Kyrie Irving.
0: Basically, to sum it up quickly, uh, Kyrie Irving is talking about can the Celtics beat the Warriors in seven games? He's like, hell yeah. We're going to be building this team not just for this year, but for four years later. And at that moment, seeing as this is the Roast of New York episode, it kind of fits in perfectly that every single Knicks fan globally, the Lynn Sanity bandwagons, going all the way back to, I'm trying to think of some, history, Patrick Ewing, going all the way back to whoever was on the Knicks before then, no one really cares. All of those Knicks fans, their hearts just... Drop to the floor when Kyrie Irving started talking about Celtics five years from now.
1: They, uh, remember how there was that whole idea, like he's gonna team up with Jimmy Butler? Uh, apparently, uh, from, from Jackie McMullen, uh, Jimmy Butler and Kyrie haven't spoken at length since 2016. So, uh,
0: yeah, that was like a plan when Kyrie was still in Cleveland. Yeah. I don't and know New, New, New York seems cool when you're in Cleveland. But New York does not seem cool when you're in Boston. Yeah, and you
2: look up and you see 17 banners above you.
0: I don't think that we could possibly find a better way to end this show than with that quote right there.
1: That's it? I think so. (laughs)
2: Uh, That's a pretty solid way to do it.
0: It's a pretty solid way to end it. I forgot to ask for DMs for this week, so I'll be sure to Get some of those in there next week. This has been episode three of the Town Breakdown. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Matt for Sources. You can find Dan on Instagram and Twitter at Coach for Sources. You can find Mike at, what is it, just Mike for Sources?
1: And Mike underscore for Mike <laughs> underscore
0: for uh, Make sure you also follow the podcast at the Town Breakdown on Instagram and Twitter. Have we made a Twitter yet? We keep saying we're going to make a Twitter.
1: I just wow. tried. To find you guys before, I just tried to find the actual handle, and there's like three of them for with the same name, but I don't of them are you? Bunch
2: of
0: fakes. Bunch of fakes. We fakes have so news. many viewers. That's you know they're all trying to all trying to copy us. Um, send some DMs our way for some questions for next week. Uh, Mike, it's been a pleasure. We will most definitely be having you on. They, uh, you know, you want if you want to come on and talk about last week's Patriots game at any point, we'd love to have you. Thank Just, you. Uh, send us a text. We'll do. And yeah, I think that's it for this week. Thank you for tuning in, and I will see you guys later.